improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be taking another one of these situations that has come up in some of the workshops I've been teaching around Australia lately. A couple of weeks ago, I handled the situation of where somebody doesn't want to go through your process on the first visit. They come in and they've seen a chiropractor before and they just want to get cracked and they don't see the need for you to take a history, do the testing, get some x-rays, whatever it is that your process is, how we can elegantly and effectively handle that situation so that not only we uh, get them the best outcomes and the best quality care, but they can also be engaged in the process and we're not just sort of pushing people into doing it, we're engaging with them. So today uh, I've got a lot of fabulous feedback to that uh, episode of the podcast, lots of people sending me messages and emails and so on saying how much they valued it and how useful they found it. And so I thought I'd take the opportunity today to handle another one of the really common situations that has been cropping up when I've been presenting the Communicating to Improve Patient Care workshop. So that's the one where we are either on a first visit or in a regular visit and people want to talk way too much about pain. And it's a big challenge because for many of us, our paradigm is really about more about function and not so much about pain and so there's layers to this one so i'm going to be breaking it down both in terms of how to handle it on a regular visit how to handle it on the first visit why it's a challenge and how you can do it in a way that is respectful honoring and helps the patient or client get the best outcomes and also allows you to use that opportunity to help them see things from a higher health perspective before we get to that a couple of announcements in terms of speaking that I am doing and opportunities for you to up your communication skills. So communicating to improve patient care, still workshops happening in Australia. I'm in Brisbane in this Sunday, April 3rd, um, Adelaide 1st of May, Perth 14th of May, Sydney 5th of June. I'm also doing uh, online workshops. First up, will be with the SCA, so it's in a UK evening time zone, which is probably also suitable if you're in the US and you want to jump on that one. It's pretty early morning in Australia. Um, It might work out if you're in New Zealand, I guess, but online the 21st and 22nd of April at the SC with the Scottish Chiropractors Association. Link is in the show notes. And then online with the UCA, also a UK evening time zone which is on the 6th and 9th of June. So let's get into breaking down what to do when people want to talk too much about pain. So I'm going to approach when it happens on a first visit first and if we look at the influence literature there's a couple of things that we really need to keep front of mind here. The the almost fundamental principle of behavioural science, and in particular the influence literature, is people do what they do because they believe what they believe. So 
a framework that I use in almost all my communication is the idea that the people that we're interacting with really exist on a continuum of what their beliefs and therefore the behaviours that seem natural to them are around health and how their body works. So there's at one end of that continuum, there would be people at what we think of as a pain level of health belief. And they're people who really think that you can tell how healthy you are by how you feel. You go to see a healthcare provider because you've got a pain or some other symptom and the healthcare provider's job is to find out what's causing your symptoms and fix it. And as soon as they are fixed or you've given up hope that they're going to be fixed with that provider, you stop going in. So that's the paradigm that some of the people that we're interacting with have. We are often coming from things from more of a opposite end of that spectrum, what we might think of as a um, performance level of health awareness or a wellness level of health awareness. Uh, and in between, there's what we would think of as a prevention level of health awareness. So we've mapped out a little bit about what a pain level of health awareness was. A prevention one would be about really the recognition that before you get symptoms, there had to be something that wasn't functioning right. There was something that wasn't working the way that it should and that there can be value in dealing with that. And actually the healthcare provider's job is to understand that and deal with that so you minimise the chance of the pain or symptoms coming back once you've got it under control. And then the performance or wellness health perspective that many of us would advocate is really the idea that how your body works and having your body work better impacts everything that you do and most particularly that's valuable in the thing in helping you to do the things that you have to do love to do or see as your role or identity to do and so the challenge with this situation or situation where people are coming in um, and if they're coming in from a, a pain level of health awareness and that's their belief it's going to guide their behavior and so they're coming in sort of going, well, I've got this back pain and I don't want it, but how would you be able to do your job if I didn't explain what it was? And so the behaviour that comes from that is they do this sort of thing where they will go, yeah, look, you did a good job with the spot on the right side of my lower back, but now it's really achy a little bit higher than that and I've got an itchy spot under my left shoulder blade and we are rolling our eyes going just lie down I just I've got to check what's going on but if we look at the world through the lens of their belief system they're kind of going well how can you do your job if you don't know where the pain is so we've got to start I guess from that that um, position of empathy that they're doing it because they think it's the the way that this should go and from a big picture there's two things. First of all, we don't want to make them wrong. We've spoken a lot on the podcast about if we make people wrong for their, their beliefs and behaviour, that that feels very psychologically unsafe and it's likely to lead them to reject you and, and can, because of uh, confirmation bias, it can have them reinforce their existing beliefs rather than break them down. So step one, don't make them wrong for what they're doing, what they're believing, and work on helping them to see just the next level up. So we often come to it from the opposite end of that spectrum, a performance level of health awareness, where we're like, chiropractic's not about pain, it's about helping you 
optimize your human experience, get your body working at its best so that you can be the best person you can be, which to somebody with a pain level of health awareness just seems completely hokey and weird. So um, key thing is then let's focus on ways that we can, I guess, help them see, experience and grow to appreciate the next level up, which would be a prevention level of health awareness. So there's a couple of really simple strategies uh, and that we can do that do this. Um, if you want to dive deeper on this, the online program for daily interactions goes into this a lot. But the, the one of the most important strategies is a strategy that we call function before feeling. And the idea here is that we are going to set up a daily visit routine that make sure that we do things the way we think is going to have, or the way we know is going to have the most impact. And um, th th that is to create a, a structure where we explain to the person, either reactively in the situation where somebody's coming in giving me way too many details about pain, or proactively, I will do it on the person's uh, report of findings. I'll, I'll say basically this. So the way that we work, it's really important that I understand how you're feeling when there's significant changes. But the reality is as we work through this process, things are gonna go up and down and sometimes that's important and a lot of the time it's just the way the body does things when it heals. The most important thing that we need to do to um, make sure we get you the results that, you want, that we've spoken about is we need to get your spine functioning better. And so the first thing I'm gonna do whenever you come in is get a little measurement, get an update on how that's happening. Now, the exact functional test that you do is really up to you. It can be what I would think of as a tag test, like looking at an aspect of range of motion, or it can just be the first functional test that you do, say checking somebody's leg length or palpating and getting an overall sense of tone. And we wanna give people some sort of functional feedback because it does a couple of things. Whatever comes first, we tend to bring focus to, and there's what they call a primacy bias, which basically means that whatever comes first, people are much more inclined to see as important. But also if we routinely bring people's attention to function first, then we can, we're sort of setting things up to take advantage of the, the tendency for what we focus on to drive our perception and our perception drives our reality. So we have somebody coming in with a reality of a pain level of health belief that we can subtly but progressively shift by bringing their focus every single time to, okay, John, let's have a look and see how you're going. All right, tone over here. Yep, look, we've got some indications of imbalance here. Let's dive deeper and have a look at that. And then we're making sure that every time we're giving them that feedback. All right, John, let's have a look here. We just have a look at how you bend to the left and the right. Okay, that's great. That's headed in the right direction, starting to get more freedom there. Let's have a deeper look. And so it's not function instead of feeling, it's function before feeling. It, so I believe it's still important for people to have an opportunity to tell you if things are significantly different. If we set up those really hard and fast rules that uh, were really popular maybe 20 years ago of, I don't talk about pain, you get to talk to me about pain at a reassessment. I think we run the risk of making people wrong and having telling people that 
they're not important, that they're just a cog in a wheel. And a lot of the literature around engagement in health communication suggests that's probably not an optimal approach. So the follow-up, the function before feeling, the feeling part of it is we want to ask about that in a really specific way. We don't want to say, how's your pain? Is your pain better or worse? We want to ask a broader question. Now, I need to give credit for this uh, to Russ Rosen because it's uh, uh, where I got this sort of version of it. But it's um, that function, I'll give them functional feedback. And that, that part's my part, but his part is the way that we ask the next part. I'll give them functional feedback, how are things going there, John? And then I'll just simply say, so John, spine's starting to move a bit more freely. Anything new or different that I should know about? And the repetition of this uh, function before feeling process every single visit will have two effects. First of all, the people who do have that, that strong pain-based level of health belief will um, sort of just fall into line and give you way less detail. But they'll also be, by that repetition of function coming first, be gradually starting to develop a slightly different view of the world and we have that opportunity to, to empower them with a health belief that's much more accurate and also much more likely to lead to them living a healthy, happy, more active life. So really a true win-win. If we move on then to the situation or situation in a first visit where somebody is giving you way more detail. So there's another continuum here that's important for us to understand and that's the continuum of copers versus catastrophizers. So there is a concept in the psychology literature that there are, that we all exist on a continuum of how we deal with challenging situations. So on one end of that continuum, we've got copers. On the other end, we've got catastrophizers. And copers tend to be, the way that we handle difficult situations is that we kind of separate the emotion from the experience and we minimize it. So they, for instance, develop uh, back pain, but they'll say, oh, look, it's not that big a deal. Like, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, but I'm getting older. Or uh, it'll get worse and it'll start stopping them from being able to uh, work as much as they would normally. And they'll go, oh, well, look, that doesn't really matter. Work doesn't appreciate me anyway. There's more to life than just grinding away at a job. And then it'll start impacting their family life and they'll go, oh, look, you know, I've, I'm a great provider for them and, you know, they're kind of little shits anyway, so doesn't, it's not such a deal. So by the time they come in to see us, they've shrunk the size of the problem relative to the real size. I think that can create all sorts of dramas for then um, their perception of the size of the problem relative to the size of the solution they need based on the severity and chronicity of their subluxations and spinal function. So that's a conversation for another day. What I want to talk about now is the other end of that. Now, catastrophizers are people who tend to cope with difficult situations by adding extra emotion to it. And these are really strongly culturally linked. So uh, in some of the literature, they'll talk about it as being Germans versus Italians. And the important thing there is that we grow up in a culture and we absorb a lot of our values from the culture that we grow in, up in. And 
So here in Australia, generally it's a culture that celebrates copers, but there are still catastrophizers there. That's just their style, or it, it is really common in sort of a more Southern European, more emote, emotionally, a culture that celebrates expression of emotion. So we will have people who come in, and because most of us are copers, and the same is true of a lot of the US and a lot of Northern Europe, um, and but the challenge there is that we are copers and so we find the people who are catastrophizers who are the sort of people on a first visit who will give you lots of details so we oh my god this pain's the worst i've ever had i can't believe it I don't know what I'm going to do because first of all it's here and then it's going there and then I'm worried about this and I, I'm concerned that that's going to happen and there's almost this run on of, of information and because it's layering emotion onto the experience and our history focuses on trying to get down the details of the experience, it's very difficult to keep to a timeline and very difficult to get down, ask the really, or, or get down the information from the clinically meaningful parts of that experience. So whereas with somebody who's a coper, which in most of the uh, environments that I've practiced in is the majority of people, I suggest you do what's called an open frame history where you're essentially, you know, tell me everything that's going on. And the idea of doing that, if, I, if they tell me everything, then they're definitely gonna feel heard at the end of it. The challenge with catastrophizers is that open frame, they will keep going forever, um, which doesn't serve them and it certainly doesn't serve us in terms of our goal of getting the clinically important information from them. So this is a slightly different strategy. What you want to do is let them have a little bit of rope. Let them um, talk and talk and talk and talk and as soon as you realize where this is headed that it's just if you don't stop them it's going to go down a really windy road you use you as soon as they take you wait for an opportunity where they take a breath and put up a finger so a finger is just like a little pause um, so the index finger you just pop it up as um, so that they get the the message that you have something that you need to say and this next statement needs to be a benefit statement. It needs to be why your interruption helps them. And so the suggestion that I have there is, listen, Marie, I get, you're giving me so much great information, but I, I'm not able to keep up to make sure that I'm getting all the details. Would it be okay if I just clarified a few things so I just make sure that I'm getting exactly what's going on with you? So very benefit oriented. And then you get to then interrupt. And I'm going to suggest in this scenario, you do the exact opposite of that open frame. In this scenario, you take control and you go back into the, your classic, uh, is the, what's the quality of the pain? Where does it go? Is there any referral? When did it start? When previous incidents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that you can just, first of all, um, take some degree of control of it but you've done it in a way that honours them and the importance of the information that they're giving you. So there we have it, the perfect way to handle one of the most common situations. I'd love to hear how you find the information. If there's a situation that you have experienced that you would like to know exactly the best way from a communication perspective to handle it, shoot me a message, uh, leave a voice message, 
via the link in the show notes and I'll catch you again next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you will love the Mastering Daily Interactions online workshop. It's a three-part online workshop that will show you an exact framework that you can use on every visit to make sure that your patients or clients are getting that drip, drip, drip feed of information that will help them create a greater connection to the understanding at the core of chiropractic. You see, the truth of it is that people change beliefs or learn new beliefs gradually and they learn them based on their experience so you can have the best reported findings in the world but if you don't have that reinforcement over time of a specific efficient structure that allows you to connect and create individualized value on every visit then you're never going to get as good a results so check out the mastering daily interactions website at insideoutpractices.com